Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Why, hello and welcome and good morning everyone to Fight Club. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, everyone. The show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts joined this week by our guest, AC Lockyer. So excited to have you with us, AC. If you don't you. mind, just kind of giving everyone a brief rundown if they don't know who you are, which I don't believe is fully possible, but <laughs> give everyone a rundown about yourself and your businesses. Yeah, so I'm a third-generation service business entrepreneur. My granddaddy was a service business entrepreneur. My father was a service business entrepreneur. I'm a service business entrepreneur. I wanted to be a long-haired lead singer in a heavy metal rock and roll band, but that didn't quite work out for me. And uh, so instead, I went to preaching school, believe it or not. Uh, Heavy metal lead singer preaching school. It's very, very similar. Uh, Summarily got kicked out of preaching school. That's a great story. And no. uh, found, found my beautiful redheaded bride, Karen, married her, came back here to Florida and started a roof cleaning company. And, uh, you know, nothing is more redneck than roof cleaning. You want to talk about starting at the bottom. <laughs> there is no there's zero respect for roof cleaners. And so uh, started that, built that up to a 36 truck, four point eight million dollar a year company in the year 2000, had three branches around the state of Florida. And uh, ran that for a number of years. And back in 2010, uh, kind of slipped over to the dark side and started putting people in what had become known as the soft washing industry. And now I own soft wash systems. And we put people in the soft washing biz. We're kind of like Mary Kay for men. And uh, we throw all the raw, raw parties. We sell the products, you know, and oh, uh, help it. people get into the business. We're not a franchise. Everybody has their own independently owned company, independently owned brands, and uh, we've helped them launch into their business. We're more of a business incubator. I also own a, a manufacturing company, Disruptor Manufacturing. I own a window cleaning uh, supplies company uh, called Phantom Window Works. That's a brand. And then we just launched hose reels this spring, and we have Stingray reels. So, um, And wow. I sell all the expensive <laughs> stuff. Don't buy anything from me if you want something cheap. We're, we're the most expensive products <laughs> in the market, but our stuff is the best. We put a lifetime warranty on all of our stuff. So that's pretty cool. Wow. I love that. I absolutely love Megan's going to love talking about prices with you. I already know it because you're saying your prices, you're being you're firm in them, and you're ready to say goodbye to anyone that's not going to meet them. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that introduction, AC. Um, I'm Taylor Maroney. I actually co-own Pure Power Washing in South Florida with my husband. And I've worked in marketing for about six years. And in that, I really found a passion for helping business owners understand the analytics behind it and how to read it. So how to read what their marketing company is doing, because I saw there was a major disconnect with that. Um, marketing company can do something, explain it, but maybe not so well to the business owner who's looking at this from completely different eyes. So that's really where I found my passion. And um, I love being able to get on the show with these ladies every day or every Tuesday, I should say. So welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. 
Awesome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also am the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm. I am a CPA based out of Northern California, and I own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff. And I'm very happy to be here with you, AC. And I'm super excited to talk about these other brands. I feel like some of those were a surprise. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. Hey there, AC. I'm Michelle, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we put admin staff in your business remotely. So if you need help with phones and emails and chats and texts and all the ways that your customers can reach you, we can help uh, field those for you with our company, Pink Collars. I am super excited to see you. I am the daughter of a pastor. So the fact that you got kicked out of seminary or pastor school, as you say, cracks me up. Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. <laughs> um, and my name is Martha Woodward. I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, an employee performance measuring tool. And uh, I just help people build happier workplaces through accountability and transparency. So welcome to Fight Club. Thanks, guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, I get to steal you first, AC. And I am Thanks. super excited to talk about, so this is kind of going to, you're probably going to talk about this in regards to soft washing, because that's what you know. Um, but a lot of industries tend to have new ways of going about their services that might not be the norm for what companies are doing at that time. So take soft washing, for example, it's something that a lot of people might be afraid of still. Um, it's something that's still fairly new in a sense. We still come across people that don't really understand what that service is and they right. do have fear of it. So how did you approach that from a marketing standpoint to be able to bring a new way of presenting a service to a customer and still give them that comfortability of knowing the job's going to be complete the right way? Well, you know, nowadays it's all about differentiation. And so when I started this business, everybody knew what pressure washing was. Everybody knew what a pressure washer, the piece of equipment was itself. Yeah. Um, they understood it. They understood the damages. They understood the positives, the negatives. Uh, it was a known entity. So what I wanted to do is just come in and disrupt that that thought process. And through disrupting the thought process, you actually come in and garnish more of the market share. And so uh, soft washing initially was not, I'm going to do it better than anybody else. It was, I want to do it different than anybody else. And what I did is I drew on my background is I actually have a horticulture degree. 720 hours of horticulture, graduated in the top 2% of the state of Florida. That is and, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my first seven years of working from the time I was 16 to the time I was, you know, about 23, um, I, I worked in the nursery industry and plants and, you know, selling stuff like that. Everybody always asks me, oh, man, AC, you got a horticulture degree. Does that mean when they legalize marijuana in Florida, you're going to sell pot? And I'm like, no, I can't do that. Gosh, I'm a Christian. That's against that's against my moral code. I'm just going to open up a snack bar next to the dispensary. Yes, <laughs> you capitalize on it. I like where your mind that. <laughs> so, um, you know, so when I looked at soft washing, I knew the pressure washing damaged surfaces. I knew I had a background in horticulture. I knew that you could spray algicides and fungicides and things like that on plants to kill fungus and algae growing on the plants viruses, things that are harming the plants. And then it would, the plant would come clean. It, that, 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 that algae or that mildew or mold that was growing on the plant would just weather away. I said, wow, why can't I do that 
to a roof because I started as a roof cleaner. I bought a pressure washer at Sam's for 500 bucks. I jumped up on my first two or three roofs and started pressure washing them. So in a marketing mindset, what I was trying to do was differentiate so that when I would present my product, I was so different from everybody else in my market that, that it couldn't boil down to just price. If I was a pressure washing company and they were a pressure washing company and I had some cool polo shirts with embroidery on it and they still had some cool polo shirts with embroidery on them. And back when I started, we didn't have truck wraps. If I had, you know, lettering on my truck, they had lettering on their truck and I had a, you know, a $35 occupational license. They had a $35 occupational license. It was an apples to apples type of situation. Mm -hmm. And the only differentiator was price. And I had to escape from that model very, very quickly and get it to where the only differentiator wasn't price. It had to be process. It had to be people. It had to be, you know, just, just everything that we were providing and product and all had to be so radically different that I could then ask for a higher price. And, and that's what we did. I love that. I absolutely love that. So when, um, when talking about differentiators and marketing, it's something that's so important. And Mike McCallers came out with a book called Get Different, which we'll drop in the comments. And it's right in line with what you're talking about. You're talking about finding that key point that does differentiate you from your market and how you can be able to capitalize on that as a business to be able to brand your marketing around this. So I have to ask, did you, so you started with pressure washing. Did you change right. your brand and your logo and your business name when you did start to go into soft washing to really isolate that differentiator? Yeah. So uh, that was a big, big thing that we did. And I've got some real numbers on that. Uh, when I first started my company, I started it as Allstate Home Appearance Services. Okay. Like a lot of home services company do. You pick a very generic name. Back in my day, it was an A, so it was higher up in the yellow pages. And, uh, you know, and, and Sears and Allstate was a big name. So I used Allstate to kind of garnish and try to make myself look bigger than I was. And so as I was pressure washing roofs and sidewalks and exteriors and realizing how slow and monotonous it was, and I started introducing bleach into the equation and algicides and fungicides, once I got through that guinea pig stage and I really started to figure out what I was going to be when I grew up, then I renamed the company. And so it was about, I started the company October of 1991 and we rebranded about March of 1992. And all I did was change the name of the company. Everything was the same. The process now at this point was the same. All the marketing was the same and all. I just went ahead and changed my company over to Mallard Systems because I started calling the process I was using, not soft washing. So the word soft wash didn't happen until about 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. A guy named Tim Asselton came up with the term soft washing. All a bunch of people out there grabbed hold of that, and that's what people started calling it. I always called it the Mallard system because I love ducks. You know, Mallard duck was my you know Indian spirit guide, so to speak. And so, um, so I when I went to rebrand, I named my company Mallard Systems, and uh, got a phone number, vanity phone number four zero seven eight three one duck. And uh, went ahead and, you know, put our ducks in a row on the side of the truck and got a cute little duck in the logo. And and that helped to kind of because we were doing a lot of chemical cleaning then and people didn't like chemicals. So you figure, hey, put a cute little duck on the side of the truck. Yep. People also be like, hey, they can't be so bad. They've got a cute little duck on the side of the truck, you know. Yeah. And I didn't put like a biohazard symbol as my logo. That would be dumb. Yeah. And so 
uh, <laughs> rebranded and immediately, immediately increased the revenues and sales of my company of 30% just by rebranding the company. Wow. That's fantastic. And I love how you incorporated all the little pieces into the branding for the Mallard. You, you just to touch back on it in case you guys are hopping on at a different time. AC went ahead and rebranded re to Mallard sy systems, systems, correct? Perfect. Yes. And went ahead and got a number that said duck at the end of it. Mm -hmm. He also incorporated that they have their ducks in a row, which is a very common phrase that a lot of us tend to use. And he also put a cute little duck on the side of their truck to make sure they were showing that they're safe and that they're able to work with animals, with plants, with anything around your property and keep those things safe for you. And just those small pieces in a marketing campaign right. for branding can make a huge difference. And as you said, just those small changes in the rebrand increased you by 30%, which is crazy and awesome and fantastic. Like I can't explain how awesome that is. Um, but since well, we people are- People don't realize that, you know, just a 30% increase in one area. I, I know several things. I've got about five different things that I can show people that would increase their revenues by 30%, okay? So all you have to do is implement three of those and you've doubled your company in one year. And I'm kind of known for doubling or even sometimes tripling companies inside of a 12 to 18 month period. And those are some of the tricks that we do. And one of those is a rebrand. It's so true. And it's, I feel like people tend to think I need more trucks. I need more people. I need, you know, all these different things to make sure that I'm building the big company. When in all actuality, it's talking about efficiency for your one truck. It's talking about the efficiency of your crews and the marketing and the brand that you have behind your company. So you're right. exactly on point. Just changing something small can really be the way to impact your company and double those sales and you know triple your revenue for the year, whatever you tend to change. So I, I really appreciate you just taking the time to break that down for us and talking about how you went about your, your approach to being different in your market, your approach to changing your brand within your market as well, which then resulted in you know a 30% per, 30 increase in sales revenue, which is fantastic. So since we are talking about numbers, I'll kind of let Megan take over because I can see her scratching over there to get a hold of you. <laughs> I'm actually like shaking because I'm like, I don't know what we should talk about. Uh, AC, I feel like every time I talk to you, I learn something new. Pa background in being a pastor, which explains an amazing speaking career, the horticulturalist background, which explains how you have green products and you've really brought safety and education into the soft washing industry. An inventor, fun fact, but you invented something that made saved me a lot of money a long time ago uh, that I would love to talk to you about a lot at some point. You've also invented several other things for your industry, which I think is fantastic. Entrepreneur, obviously, serial entrepreneur even. Um, and then Disruptor, I think we all got a little excited when we were in Orlando because we were talking a little bit about your next ideas and you were you're getting ready to disrupt your next thing. And that was really fun for us to hear. We're supposed to talk about money. And I thought for sure we would definitely talk about pricing because I think that people hear you when you do math. Like you have figured out how to how to do math for an entrepreneur in a way that really speaks their language that doesn't make it big and doesn't make it scary and doesn't make it intimidating yep. i think that you are a very good trainer and teacher along with being an engaging speaker and along with having a success record that people you know aspire to or are inspired by um so I was you know math just... when you talk about math i'm sorry to cut on you but you know math is like jesus it'll never leave you'll never forsake you it's always right it's always true 
you know, math is the what, you know, other than Jesus is the other thing you can count on in your life to always be bedrock. And I just love math. I failed the third grade because I couldn't memorize my multiplication tables, you know, but man, later in life, I learned to really love and appreciate math. Yeah. So I was hoping we could just do some math this morning because I had a couple of aha moments last week and I was doing some strategic planning and I, somebody was like, I want to grow by this much. And I was like, great. So what's your average ticket? Okay. What's your current customer base? Okay. Well, uh, here you go. And it was just like so easy. And I just kind of walked away and they, they were like, so can we do that? Can, can you talk about like, let's say we're headed into a new year and somebody's sitting there and like, I really want to break this point, right? I really want to increase my revenues by this much. What would you say? What's your favorite way to coach them through that? Oh, wow. So I remember a story um, and because we're talking to home service businesses mostly here, let's talk about a landscaping company. And I had the, the, the young man that mowed my lawn, he had started a, a little landscaping company literally when he was a teenager driving his driving lawnmower around the neighborhood with a little trailer behind it with his stick edger and stuff like that and the blower and everything in the back of it. And he built that up to a, when he got his driver's license, a one truck company and then a two truck company. And so we were at my house one day and he had just got done clearing out all the extra trees and the underbrush all the way down to this Creek that flows in and out of my property. And uh, so we're sitting on a log and he says, AC, man, I, I really, I really want to grow my business. I think I want to add another truck. And I went, add another truck. Why would you want to do that? And he goes, well, you know, I need to increase my revenues. I need to increase my profits. I need to put another truck on the road. And and this is a trap that you see a lot of people get into. So I looked at him and I said, huh. I said, let me ask you a question, Jason. I said, you want to grow your company. I'm going to hit the cough button. You want to grow your company, uh, and, and increase your revenues and, and you want to get some more income and be able to start your life and marry your girlfriend and do all these things. And you think putting another truck on the road is the way to do that. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, let me ask you a question. And I want you to think about this long and hard. I don't want you to come to just a, a, a quick answer. I want you to really let this percolate in your mind. I said, okay. I said, if you doubled your prices tomorrow, doubled, not 10% increase, not 30% increase, if you doubled your prices tomorrow, how many of your customers would you lose? And I said, don't answer quickly. I want you to replay in your mind, your customer list right now, go through every customer. Because in the landscaping business, you know your route. You know, on Monday, you do these people. Tuesday, you do these people. Wednesday, you do these people. I said, run through all the days. Sit here 10 minutes and give me your answer. So he played through his head and everything. And he looks at me and says, I'm ready. I said, okay. I said, if you doubled your prices tomorrow, doubled them. How many of your customers would you lose? He said, AC, he was a little discouraged. He said, I'd lose one third of all of my customers. And I went, that's wonderful. And he's like, what do you mean that's wonderful? You'd lose a third of your customers? He's like, yeah, what are you getting at? I'm like, the the correct answer to this riddle or this equation, this mathematical equation that I wish teachers would tell us this stuff in school instead of going, don't worry, you're going to use algebra one day. You know, the correct answer to this equation is half of your customers. You want to lose half of your customers because if you lost half your customers, you'd be working half as hard for twice the money, half as hard for twice the revenues, half as hard for twice the net profits. And he looked at me and said, well, I'm only going to lose a third of my customers. What does that do for me? I said, you're going to work half as hard 
<laughs> for 130% of the revenues. I said, you're actually going to do better. You're going to do better. You actually need to, whatever customers don't leave you, you need to look at their jobs and, and fire them, you know? And, and we did this with a pool company that I was a partner in for a couple of years. We raised the prices and raised the prices and raised the prices and completely disrupted the pool industry on the pool service side. Most pool service trucks go out and do 100 stops a week in five days. Uh, we did the model on four days, 80 stops a week, 20 stops a day, raised the prices from $100 pool to $130 a pool. All of a sudden, bam, it's a profitable company. People don't realize that. And a couple of years back ago, I did a talk at the huge convention. Um, this would have been 2019's huge convention. I did a talk called You Have a You Disorder. And what that means is we are our biggest enemies. We are our biggest threat. We are our biggest critics. We, we, are, we are the haters in our life. We are our biggest competition. We are the ones keeping ourselves from making the big moves. And that's one mathematical equation I have found true every single time I've had somebody do it. If you doubled your prices, if you doubled your prices, how many of your customers would you lose? And if it's less than half, guess what your next thing to do is? Right. Okay. So let's talk through that a little bit. Um, okay. I, lo I love that. Um, what, what happens when somebody... So first of all, we have two things going on right now. We have to raise our prices because we're in, in an inflationary period that is worse than it was in the mid 80s, right? We haven't been this bad since early 80s. So we have to be raising our prices because our vendors are raising their prices. Our costs are going up. We don't even want to talk about fuel costs, right? When we go to the pump, we're paying more on gas. We're paying more for labor because we had this huge labor shortage last year. So we need to remind you if you're listening to this and you've not raised your prices that you are behind. You're literally losing money from your pocket as the owner. Um, minimum 7%. I like to say that's across all goods. So probably closer to 10% at a minimum. You have to have raised your prices since last year. Um, then the second thing is, is we often have people who are like, well, just because I can raise my prices doesn't mean I should. I, I feel like I hear this all the time, and I'm sure you do too, AC. Like, that right. seems greedy. That's just, that doesn't match with my ethics or my morals. Like, I'm helping Miss Sally Jones. So can you help coach them out of that mindset? Because it's absolutely just a mindset shift. Um, and maybe coach them through, like, our responsibility as an owner and our, our responsibility to run a financially solid and stable company for our employees and for our communities. Yeah, so I'm not a real good coach. I'm I'm the suck it up buttercup, pull up your big boy panties and and let's get this thing done. I'm That's not my kind of coach, That's what I Say like. That's my kind of coach, the one that just hits me over the head and says, stop being dumb. Stop being dumb. <laughs> get it together. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, if you think you're greedy, I mean, come on. But here's the bottom line. There's nothing more greedy than you handling the ball poorly with your business and you going out of business and you leaving people out on the streets jobless. And, and, and in a desperate situation where they can't pay their rent, their bills and everything else, because you did not handle the opportunity of your business well. There's nothing more greedy than that. And what you've got to do is you've got to realize right now, if you are hearing my voice, if you're on this podcast, wherever you are in the world, you need to stop right now and raise your prices at least 20%, at least 20%. And then next month, you need to raise them 10%. And next month, you need to raise them 10%. And you can't raise your prices until you actually have a posted printed and dated price sheet in your company. You need to take the time to put together the mathematical equations based on square footage or based by hours or however you sell your business. And you need to put together the pricing. You need to put it on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, put your logo on it, date it, laminate it, and make it permanent looking. 
and use it to drive all of your quoting process. Okay. A lot of people are like, well, but my CRM does that. I, I, I don't like CRMs. I, to a certain degree, I don't like them. They're, they serve a function, but I really like tangible things I can put in my hand. And you can take that price sheet and, and next month at your next sales meeting, tell everybody it's your drop the buff moment, like on Survivor. Everybody drop your buffs. Okay. Everybody turn in last month's price sheet, and I'm assigning you this month's price sheet. You can raise it 10%. You've already trained all your salespeople that they're allowed to discount up to 20%. Okay. You've given them their package pricing and how they can handle all that stuff. And you just pass them that new printed, laminated, dated price sheet for them to put in their clipboards. And that's a great process to go through. You've got to have systems like this in your business. And if you're not doing this stuff, yeah, there is nothing more lazy or more greedy. You know, when you look at Matthew 25 about the parable of the talents, than the one servant that buried his talent in the ground. You know, he didn't screw it up. He brought it right back to the master. Look, I didn't screw it up. I didn't put a dent in the car. I didn't lose anything. Look, master, I brought it back to you exactly the way you gave it to me. And what did the master say in Matthew 25? It says, send that evil, wicked servant where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. When we get given a business, if you don't grow it, if you don't elevate it, if you don't make that thing expand, if you don't expand your influence, if you don't hire more employees, if that thing's not growing, it's like burying that talent in the ground and just bring it back going, look, I didn't screw up. We didn't go out of business in COVID. Yay. <laughs> we grew in COVID. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not going to get easier. I think a lot of us got a little bit comfortable because we survived COVID, right? We survived this. We survived shutdowns. We survived. I mean, we have survived a lot. And Fight Club will be the first to tell you to celebrate that and give you the thumbs up, give you the pat on the back, like give you the rah-rah. But yep. it's not the time to get comfortable. We had way more government help than we've ever seen ever in my entire career that right. inflated that feeling, right? That bought us mm -hmm. more runway. And that runway is gone. And so I, I actually, I'm a CPA and I had two meetings last week with businesses that closed. And it's heartbreaking because this government funding propped them up and then they, they, they had to close. And I, I think that we need to be very careful uh, to not get comfortable. I think we need to be very careful about continuing to fight for our business if that's what we choose to do. Um, sometimes I feel like there's something really graceful about choosing to close our business. Like I, I absolutely can appreciate that part, but I want to help. If you are ready to fight, you're going to have to raise your prices because our next right. fight last year was labor shortage. This year is going to be inflation because the fallout of inflation is likely going to be real estate. When real estate is affected, it affects home service because we're in the home business guys. So we mm -hmm. have to be very proactive and careful this year that we're priced correctly so that you get to choose you get to choose if you're gonna if you're gonna raise your prices and keep fighting or if you're not. And I, I just I I hate I get scared with the with the economy. So you know I'm I don't think it's gonna it. be a yeah I don't think it's gonna be a housing bubble this time. I think it's gonna be the cryptocurrency bubble actually. And there's mm -hmm. so many people out there right now that are day trading that are trading stocks or trading cryptocurrency and they brought that in as part of their income and they've gone out and they've done exactly the same thing they did when the mortgages were cheap and second, you know, open lines of credit on your house and second mortgages were so inexpensive back during the housing bubble is they took that, that, that headroom that opened up on their mortgage on their house and they 
borrowed against that to fix up the house or buy a boat or buy an RV or increase their lifestyle. And they got used to living way up here on their lifestyle. And then the housing bubble collapsed and they didn't have the income to support that new mortgage dollar amount that they were paying every month. And people started losing their houses. Well, what's actually going to happen now is when the cryptocurrency bubble collapses, and that's what it's going to be. I'm calling the shot right now. When the mm. cryptocurrency <laughs> bubble collapses, people have bought RVs and have increased their lifestyles and upgraded their houses and have spent all this money on this high that we're on right now. And it could be even to the service business bubble that right now people are spending money hand over fist. If you, if you answer the phone and show up, you've got the job because they can't even get free bids right now. And we're all living high on the hog on that. And what's going to happen is when that bubble bursts, all of these lifestyles, all these monthly payments and everything that we've created by increasing our lifestyle, the floor is going to come out. We're going to have to start turning things in, doing voluntary repos, downsizing our houses. And, and instead, you know, we didn't, we didn't tighten our belts and put some money away during this whole thing. And that's what I'm really worried about is, is most, most parents don't teach their kids how to be fiscally responsible. Schools don't teach them how to be fiscally responsible. Our government doesn't teach you how to be fiscally responsible. You know, everybody else has gone out there and off the opinions of their peers have now, through what has been wonderful years that we've gone through the last five years, have increased their lifestyles. And, and that, that merry-go-round is going to stop. And we got we to gotta worry about that. Well, I don't think it's going to be the housing argue, bubble so much, but I think it's going to be investments in cryptocurrency. And I would argue it's been 13 years. 13 years of expansion that we've been expanding. We had a very, very small correction. Uh, right. And and so there will be an adjustment. Um, I, I don't want to end on a doom and gloom. And I don't want to keep going because we do need to move on. But yes. I would love for you to give us just one quick takeaway. If, uh, if you were to inspire somebody to tighten their belts right now, uh, I love this idea of like getting lean, right? Trimming the fat, getting rid of all the extras. Do you have any hacks for somebody listening? Like what is an easy thing they can do to fix their cash flow now before there's a market correction? Uh, yeah, to yeah. Their savings habits now before there's a correction. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the biggest sin I see entrepreneurs do in their business is they start these businesses and they decide they deserve a paycheck because they're the owner of the company. And they decide what that paycheck is going to be and they suck their companies dry. Um, you should have an org chart of what the positions are in your company. There is no position for most of us that only have two or three trucks on the road. There's no such thing as an owner position in the company. You're either selling or you're managing or you're doing the books or you're an operations person. And you need to put in there what you would pay somebody else to do it, not the exalted amount of pay that you'd pay yourself to do it. OK, you need to get humble about being an entrepreneur. And then you need to take that position and 10% of the company. You need to make sure your company is running to where it does a 10% net net profit. And then those profits, you can pay yourself that 10% profit. You can pay yourself that job position. So if you've got a $50,000 a year residential sales position that you're fulfilling, pay yourself $50,000 a year and 10% of the net profits. Because um, what you'll find is, is if you pay yourself just because you think you're worth something, you are not worth that. And if you get immediately on a budget on your payroll, the three biggest places a company bleeds. You all ready for this? Number one is payroll, payroll overages due to overtime. Everything becomes time and a half per hour, time and a half for workers' comp, time and a half for the payroll processing fees. The number one biggest bleed that a small business has is overspending on payroll. Number two is marketing. Marketing should be five cents on the dollar or less in your business. 
What does that mean? Is if you spend if you spend ten thousand dollars, let's let's take a thousand dollars and that math will be easy. Let's say you spend thousand dollars on a marketing piece. Five percent would mean that you took that one thousand dollars, multiply it by twenty, twenty thousand dollars. If you don't get a twenty thousand dollar return from that thousand dollars, that marketing was a turkey. Get rid of it. Okay. So number two is mm-hmm. bleeding from being addicted to marketing, and number three is the lack of delayed gratification by owners. If you could put those three disciplines into your life right now, watch your payroll, watch your marketing, and make sure that you exercise delayed gratification, you will survive any storm. Those are the three things to take down every single business ship I've ever seen crash on the rocks. I love it. And I am putting those into the chat. That was a great takeaway. And I'm going to mm-hmm. pass you to Michelle now to talk about systems. And yeah. I'm going to thank you for that pep talk. I think the couple takeaways, raise your prices and look at your numbers, pay attention to your numbers. I don't know about the rest of you, but I feel like it's Sunday somewhere. Like I'm in church here with you, Casey. (laughs) I'm in church. They really missed out when they kicked you out of seminary school because you're awesome on getting everybody fired up and I love it. So for those of those of us who are listening, who are not in the soft wash world, Tell me what you saw in the market that made Softwash Systems an, an idea and how you created it. And then tell me what that means to you. Because systems right now is a big buzzword, right? A lot of people are talking about systems the last couple of years, especially, but you were way ahead of the game um, by using that word. So for those listening, tell us how you came up with the idea and then what does system mean to you and what can they see um, if they become a student of yours? Yeah, so... Yes. Soft wash systems. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and, exactly. and our slogan is, is we put the systems in the soft washing business. And, uh, you know, and that's exactly what we do. I mean, the actual art of getting a roof, exterior, sidewalk, driveway, window, the cleaning side of it, I can teach anybody in one week. I could teach somebody how to clean windows in one hour. I know that gives everybody in the window cleaning industry diarrhea, but you guys are lying to yourselves. Okay. I could teach somebody how to clean windows in one hour. Okay, one hour. (laughs) So um, when you look at the art of getting the service done, it's such a very, 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 very small part of the success of your business. And then you go out as an owner operator and you think, I'm the only person that can get it done right. The customers love what I do. Um, If I hire anybody, they're not going to do as good a job as me. Um, I can I can never scale this company because nobody will do it as good as you. Well, uh, P.S. I got something to tell you. I used to think that I'm a crappy roof cleaner. (laughs) Because I could tell you how many houses I looked back over my shoulder as I was pulling out a driveway and I went, nah, that'll come out with the rain, you know? And uh, so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the bottom line is, is systems rule your business, okay? And if you have a well-systemized business, you can be that free business owner that could take off at three o'clock in the afternoon to go coach your kid's football team or can, you know, go away for a three-day weekend or go away for a two-week vacation or You know, or when you're sick, not worry about staying home because the company just runs itself. Only systems can do that for you. So being a third generation entrepreneur, I knew I had systems in my business. I had highly systemized businesses. I grew up in highly systemized businesses. I didn't know you called Mm -hmm. them systems. I just thought you called them business. And I didn't realize (laughs) until I started going out into the rest of the world that everybody else was so consumed by the craft that they weren't really consumed on building the business and the structure. It's like somebody being really, really consumed with the color they're going to paint their house, but they weren't consumed at all with the two by fours or the structure of the house. You know, they did Mm -hmm. a paper mache house, painted a pretty color, and the first storm came around. 
their house just melted before their very eyes. And that's what happens uh -huh. in our businesses. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's employee systems or sales systems, I mean, I'm a sales team development guy. All of my businesses are successful because I put together sales teams. The sales teams create the pipeline. The business comes into the company that allows you to then expand the company. Um, I remember back in the day when we were doing Mallard systems and we were growing so quickly. OK, I was always as the owner, I wasn't driving around in my gorgeous F-250 King Ranch Platinum Edition with leather seats. <laughs> I was driving around in the next service truck to go on the road on the road for like four years. Mm -hmm. And so I had the next you know, long bed, extra cab, vinyl seats, vinyl floor, roll up <laughs> windows, push down locks, you know, air conditioning was a luxury. I had that next truck and that would, we would go and buy it and I'd drive it around. And when it was time to put it on the road at one time, we were growing so quickly that if our company got booked out more than three days, more than three days, we put another truck on the road. Wow. Okay. That was, that was our gut point where we said after three days of booking, um, we were having people renege on jobs, kicking on the schedules. You know, you have to understand the I-4 corridor in Florida from Daytona Beach through Orlando to Tampa mm -hmm. is the most competitive cleaning market in the entire world. And it I is. know I'm doing is. business in nine <laughs> countries. Okay. Wow. And there, wow. every landscaper has a pressure washer. Every painter has a pressure washer. Every, every pool company has a pressure washer. Every pressure washing company has a pressure washer. Every soft washing company has a pressure washer. Every janitorial company has a pressure washer. Everybody, every paver company has a pressure washer. Everybody will pressure wash your house in Florida. And yeah. so if I was booked out more than three days, I was putting another truck on the road. And I only, I only had the luxury of doing that because I had great sales systems. I developed a process called soft serve for business that goes from the time that the phone rings and it follows all the way through your business, like the old schoolhouse rock videos. Y'all remember those? Yes, okay. I do. Remember, I'm just a bill. You know, I'm only a bill and I'm a yep. sitting here on Capitol Hill. Okay. So, and it talks about how a bill becomes an idea and it goes committee and then it becomes, you know, a bill and it gets sponsored and it goes through the whole process. I developed mm -hmm. that system all the way through my business to where nothing ever fell through the cracks. And so wow. you've got to do that in your business and you've got to take the time. Now, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, AC, that's such a daunting task. How in the heck yep. do I do that? I barely have enough time to spend with my family now. I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got one truck on the road. I'm wearing a million hats. I'm like, this is probably too old for you guys. I'm like Mr. Zuckerman at Petticoat Junction. You know, <laughs> I'm answering the phone. I'm the police officer. I'm the water department. I'm, I'm wearing all yep. these hats. How in the heck do I do it? Well, you do it through getting great partnerships like the logo tilt your hat down right there michelle okay great partnerships like conquer right there great partnerships like <laughs> softwash systems there are organizations yeah. out there that all you have to do is sign up yeah. sign up and they open up a catalog full of business mm -hmm. systems and training and certifications and aids to where you can immediately onboard that onto your company okay yeah again People, you have a you disorder. You think you have to reinvent the wheel. You think you have to come up with all the systems. You think that you have to be your own man or your own woman, and, and you can't take yeah. help or advice from anybody else. No, you need to hitch your yeah. horse to a great team like Conquer in this case, yeah. or you know, yeah. Softwash Systems in my case, and just yeah. go out there and do what I call the kill it, grill it, and put it on the table. The sell it, get the production done, <laughs> put the money in the bank. Kill it, grill it, and put it on the table, and let somebody else do the rest for you. 
I love that. Okay, did we you, don't have a ton of time, but go ahead. Go ahead, Martha. Did you, were you going to say something? I was going to say, did you see Colin's question wanting to know how you manage these in-house systems? Yeah. Who yeah, thank you. Thank you. A software or a process for keeping yeah, up with the yeah. system? Well, Martha, since you're the people person, <laughs> let's talk about people. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, when you when you when you when my new book comes out in March, the five keys to pattern success, I go off on a tangent in the middle of the book, right smack dab in the middle of the book, where we're talking about the difference between analyzation, replication, and then systemization of your business. And I go into what I call this this whole digital automation lie that's going on right now. Okay. Mm. You cannot win without great people. There isn't an app so out true. there that's going to save your company. There isn't a CRM out there that's going to save your company. There is no marketing string or drip campaign or any of that kind of stuff that is going to save your company. You have to have great people. And if you don't have great people to stand guard over every single one of your systems, okay, if they don't take line item ownership in your company for the thing that they're responsible for, and if you don't hire well, and if you don't figure out how to build a game in your business, you know, like 95% of all my employees participate in profit sharing with my businesses. They get a percentage of the take of the businesses. Do you think they're concerned with the numbers going up in my business? They are. Okay. You've got they to are. have great people. Systems without people don't happen. And digital automation is a lie. Mm. Okay, Colin did have a question, one of our listeners. He wanted to know how people are managing their in-house systems. So AC, do you have some sort of management tool that kind of keeps all the all the balls in the air? Tell us what you're using. Well, you know, so like I mentioned my soft serve, my soft serve gives you very, very visual things on the walls. I, I take every wall in my business and there's something up there. There's either a scoreboard or a stat. There's, you know, there might be a, a very physical system like our our sales lead chains that we do. And then, and then we have directors in the company. We'll have an admin director, an operations director, a marketing director, and a sales director. And they're responsible for um, you know, keeping all of those systems up to date. And, and what that does is that creates an atmosphere. I call it my MVPs, mission value purpose statement. Okay. Mm. Scoreboards, which I have 32 50 inch TVs, like the one behind me around our facility. Okay. And our stats, which are individual and monthly numbers that we just print out, and we put in little little pockets on the wall for everybody to see. And everybody, it's amazing when you put a scoreboard up, when you create a game, when you create these systems and you hire the right people, they self-manage. You don't have to be the Pied Piper running around spinning all the tops. Okay. So there's, there's no big, huge management system. There's no secret recipe. There's just putting together the game and inviting your employees to play it. And then and again, giving them rewards in it. And it's amazing. They will self-manage themselves. All of my businesses, all of my people completely self-manage themselves. I just have to come in then and give leadership. And you get from the point mm -hmm. when you're a small owner operator and you're going into owner manager and you're working your way towards owner investor, where you have to start getting leadership development training. And if you're a good leader, if you're an inspirational leader, if you call people higher, if you walk in the room and the whole tenor of the room changes, that's mm -hmm. when your business grows. So the best way to start growing your business is to start growing you. I love that. Okay, I'm going to pass you to Martha. I'm sure she's burning with questions. Thank you so yes. much, Stacey. So you started to touch on it. And um, 
I, so Colin, I think your answer that you're looking for, AC just talked about that it's no, it's not like buying this certain software or something like that to keep your systems in line. It's really you, uh, it's execution and keeping your people accountable, you know, and correct me if that's not what you're saying, AC. Well, you can only keep your people accountable if they respect you. So one of the key ingredients that I said is, is when do you get to the point where you start getting leadership training? There's a lot of groups out there like Conquer and like Howard Partridge, and there's several others out there that are really, really good at helping you with failure to implement business systems and all that stuff. But when do you get to the point where the systems are there, really? It's just the team's not following them because they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. And when do you get to that realization that it's time for you to start working on you and not so much on your business? Because the business is really pretty okay. Business just needs a good captain at the helm of the ship. Yeah. Now, I personally, and I think we, all five of us go about this a little bit differently. But for me, with my management team, I rely on the four disciplines of execution. That book, you know, we all read books that just resonate with us. And that book resonated with me. And so... We do weekly stats that are where you're working on what's called your lead measures. And my team, everybody has to get in their stats for that week. And then when we meet, then it should be quick because all we're talking about is, oh, you you met it, you exceeded it, yay, you you know, falling behind, how you can fix that, you know, that kind of thing. So for me, Colin, that is the system. Yeah. And you mentioned the the book that you just mentioned, the book that that I read that helped too is Traction. Yes. And Traction is a great book. And and I read the book and I really got three things from it. Okay. And, you know, one of those three things was I, I realized that there is such a position as a chief vision officer, and I am the CVO of of my company, Droplet International. And so, you know, uh, that helped me realize that there's an actual position for what I do. Um, but the level 10 meetings and every every week we have Monday, soft wash systems, Tuesdays, disruptor manufacturing, you know, Wednesday and then Thursday. And, you know, I don't work on Fridays, but, uh, you know, each day of the week I have the meetings that I have with my different directors. We'll have a director's meeting, we'll have a marketing meeting and we'll have an operations meeting. And that helps us helps me to interact with my team and communicate with them well so that they can move all the chess pieces forward for me. I just come in and cast vision at that point. Yeah. So you mentioned employee systems, AC. Can you give us a glimpse into how you approach employee systems? Like, Yeah. So, you know, everybody thinks about HR systems, onboarding and offboarding employees, all those types of things like you know, having good um, job descriptions, KPIs, um, a good offer letter, all those types of things. Um, I like, when I think about employee systems, I think about carrots on poles, okay? I think about how do I get my employees to do certain activities or exercises or, or, or behaviors that I want them to do. So one of the simple things, again, I'm a sales team development person, is um, we give away uh, back when I had uh, Mallard Systems, uh, and and today you might have to change the denom- denomination of the bill. 
But I used to go to the bank and I would get, you know, five crisp new $50 bills. And I had in my sales room, I had my my territories for all of my territory managers up on the wall. And there were those plastic, you know, covers that you could, you know, slip a sheet in that had their picture on it, a map of their territory and the zip codes they were responsible for. And so we ran every single week just a little contest. Okay. And create a game and invite your employees to play it. So we ran a contest. And the contest was on Mondays. First person to quota on a Monday or Monday, the, the daily quota, which back then was $1,500 a day back in the year 2000. Um, they would get a $50 bill. And then the first person to quota for the week, $7,500 for the week, would get a $50 bill. Okay. And then uh, the highest grossing sales for the week would get a $50 bill. Okay. And then we would go ahead and give out a $50 bill for the largest single ticket. And I believe the other one was for the largest single roof. But there were five $50 bills up for grabs. And as the week would go on, as people would achieve that, I would just take that $50 bill and I'd slide it into their little plastic wall hanger. And, and so and that was sort of above their sales lead chains. And we had two chains underneath there. One chain held the lead tickets and the other chain held the pinks, which was the pink copy off our carbonless quote form that we did. And so I could walk in the sales room and in a glimpse, not turning on a phone, not having to go to a computer, not having to run a report, in a glimpse of walking by the wall in that room, I could see who was in the lead for the amount of leads that they had gotten or received, who was in the lead for the amount of quotes that they had done, who was achieving the different results on first quota on Monday, first quota for the week. And that was a great little employee system there because our employees love to make extra money. And especially my sales reps love to make extra money that their wives didn't worry, didn't know about. So they could go out and spend it on fishing tackle or hot rods or something like that. Okay. So they loved getting a couple hundred dollars extra a week in mad money that didn't show up on their taxes and stuff like that. I just gave away in $50 bills. Now we do about $2,000 a week here at Softwash Systems in that. And several times we've had some of our sales reps run the table in a, any given week and take home all $2,000 in a single week. And so, um, you know, so you just have to create a game and those are employee systems to get them to stretch their necks out and achieve certain behaviors you want for them to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love all that. And uh, you mentioned you have to have a scoreboard. Right. You have to have a scoreboard that they can see because I'm sure it was inspiring to you know, be on that team and you're going after that prize and you see somebody getting a little ahead of you and it's like, oh man, I got to strap up and I got to go after that, you know? And if you didn't see that, you have, you know, there's just no visual. There's, you kind of think I'm doing okay yeah, I, I'm going to win it, you know, that kind of thing. But when you can see it, you know exactly where you stand. So right. scoreboards are absolutely crucial. Yep, absolutely. Yep, love scoreboards. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. We lost Megan for a second. Um, we're... 
ready to wrap it up unless there's any other questions out there. Uh, I, yep, we're, we're getting towards the end of the hour. Now, before we go, I do want to say that this week, the sponsor is Quality Driven Software and my And, you know, for anybody watching or listening, you, we appeal to all types of service industries, Bike Club does, and so does Quality Driven Software. So the software, I mean, the conference we don't hardly even talk about the software. We talk about <laughs> leadership oh. in all different industries. So now I get why Megan left. I think uh, you guys are going too fast. Out. I was getting ready. I'm confused. I have my 80s costume out. I've got my Hawaiian shirt on. I am oh, ready man. to go to San Diego. Can we go yeah. already, please? I, I forgot to we do a lot of fun things at the It conference. is the most fun conference that I've ever been to in my entire life. Plus, did we mention sunny San Diego, 80s party, yep. luau with an actual pick roast? <laughs> like, I'm so excited, Martha. That's Can funny. Can you just be February uh, already? AC, yep. you mentioned <laughs> dropping your buffs for Survivor. We're having an amazing race that's going to kick off the conference. And wow. all the attendees are going to be... And it's and gonna Book be Keeping Academy has a super fun game planned. I'm just saying. That's right. Yeah, you're wearing your buffs and they can U turn another team. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. We'd love mm. to have you join us there. So, anyway, so the dates, the dates in case you missed it, February 22nd to February 27th in San Diego, sunny San Diego, and late February, uh, the quality driven conference. We just dropped the link into the chat and we're going to show it here we would love to have you join us the entire fight club will be there and bring your 80s gear bring your luau gear bring an open mind <laughs> it is it is one of i mean the hacking rooms that martha has planned for the tech hacks oh my yeah, gosh we're gonna save you we're gonna save you i don't know 20 percent of your week in systems knowledge from the qds conference so we can't wait to see you there yeah. Yeah, I'm putting in the coupon code right now to save $100 on registration. Um, all right, let's wrap up with homework. So, awesome. Tate, I'll pass it back to you. All right, sounds good. So, if this is your first time joining us for Fight Club and listening with us. We do this at the end of every show, and this is to hold you accountable each week to what you listen to from all of our amazing guests. So, AC brought so much knowledge and so many golden nuggets today that we're going to go through and have you guys implement, but just pick one. We want you to pick one that you can implement in this next week that you are able to move the needle in your business forward. So we do have an accountability group that is on Facebook. It's a private group. So it allows you to have intimate conversations about these topics and ask for help or ask for advice. And we do have a ton of other business owners in that group that can be able to assist as well. So we're super excited to do some homework right now. And for marketing, we talked a lot about differentiation in your market and how to be able to make sure you are different than your competition. So what I want you to do is take about 15 minutes this week and really think about some key factors that differentiate you from your market and your other competitors in your market. I want you to sit down with a timer and actually set a timer on these handy cell phone devices that we all carry with us. <laughs> set a 15 minute timer and just start writing. Do not, do, don't think before you go into it. Don't 
plan this out. I want you to just ask yourself the question right before you start the timer, what makes our company different? Different. And see mm. exactly what comes out of this brain dump within the 15 minutes. So that's going to be your marketing homework. And then from there, if you want to be able to do a bonus and implement one of those um, differentiators into some of your marketing, that would be another little bonus for the marketing side of it. I Very love cool. it. I love it. Um, I'm the note taker. So that's why I'm like pounding the keyboard over here. Sorry. Uh, so that's great marketing homework. I think that, that fits in perfectly for your finance homework. I feel like I sign this homework once a month, probably, but I'm going to say raise your prices because AC <laughs> gave me some really good math. And I just, I want to do that math real quick. So if you're charging, I want to say a hundred, but nobody should be charging a hundred. If you're charging a thousand dollars per job and you're doing two jobs a day, right? You're making $2,000 a day. If you double your prices and you uh, now have two jobs at $2,000 a day, right? Cause same amount of work, same job. You're making $4,000 and everybody's like, but I might lose my clients. If you lose one of those customers, you're doing one job and you're making the same $2,000. So that's the math that AC was trying to share with you. If you double your prices and you lose half your customers, you end up in the same place. Actually, you end up in a better place because you're you're working less and you're smiling more, hopefully. So that is your finance homework is to challenge you to raise your prices. Um, and I heard AC say that minimum 20% because you're behind because of inflation. So minimum 20% bonus points if you get up to 100%. <laughs> awesome. And your systems homework is, I loved your idea of the soft serve. Um, I'm in customer service, so the customer journey is really important to us. So I would love to have you do five minutes, kind of like uh, Tay said, set a timer and walk yourself through the customer journey in your business and document it. We have these really cool things called phones and they actually take your words and turn them into text. So make a recording if you're in the truck or on the road of what the customer journey is so that you can start seeing some of those points that you want to improve upon. Um, just like the soft serve. And I love that concept, AC. So thank you for sharing that. So look into the customer journey. That's your systems homework for this week. Thanks so much. All right. And then people homework. I want you to think about, do you have a scoreboard? Do you have a scoreboard that just you can see or that your management team can see? And then you should also have a scoreboard for your field staff. So that is your homework from me. And AC, do you want to add any homework or think we have it covered? Nope. My, my homework for you guys is to take and I want you to look at every single quote that you do. I want you to follow up on those quotes. I want you to create a spreadsheet. I want you to figure out really how many of your leads that you're actually losing to competitors. I actually ran a 20 year spreadsheet on this guys, a 20 year spreadsheet. And I know that when you look at <laughs> 10 leads that come in, you're going to close 60% of them, six out of 10 right off the bat. What happens to those four? Generally what happens to those four is that one figures out they couldn't afford it no matter who they had it done. Okay. One of those is a procrastinator. Okay. One of those decides mm -hmm. to do it themselves, <laughs> and one of those hires your competitor. You're only losing one out of every 10 jobs to a competitor. And I want to encourage you guys to actually do the homework, actually take and follow up on every single one of your leads, drive back, buy those jobs after you've quoted them, see if they actually did get cleaned, 
and maybe even stop in and ask mm. the customer what you could do to do better the next time. What you're going to find is you're only losing one job out of 10 to a competitor. So forget about your competition. Raise your prices. <laughs> people buy from whom they know, they like, and they trust. So make sure people get out there and know you, they like you, and they trust you. Like Tay said, figure out what your differentiators are and go out there and own it. You're not losing to your competition. You're losing to you. Mm. Oh, that hit right in the heart. Love that. <laughs> it did. Love okay, it. so well, AC, how, how can people find you, right? That's what we want to ask. How can people get to you if they need to find you? Yeah, so uh, you could go to softwashsystems.com. That's softwash with an S on the end of systems.com. And you can see what my main business is, Softwash Systems. We put people in the soft washing business. We are not a franchise. We're an unfranchise. You own your company. You own your own asset. You build your own brand. We support you. We're a business incubator. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to create $1,000 million companies by the year 2040. We are working on having a $1 billion network. We already have 220 companies in nine countries around the world. And uh, we're just looking to grow that. We're looking for good people to join our network, join our tribe. Because, again, I am trying to create 1,000 million dollar companies by the year 2040. That's my personal goal. And uh, so that's happening. Wow. It's, it's moving forward. And uh, then, again, if you need equipment designed, if you're not in soft washing, but you're in pest control or lawn spraying, or anything that squirts water or chemicals. I also own <laughs> Disruptor Manufacturing. You can go to disruptormanufacturing.com. There you can also see the Phantom Window Works and Stingray line of hose reels. And, uh, but yeah, and then and, and listen, if you need to reach out to me, I'm on Facebook, just PM me. I'm willing to help just ask my wife. I answer PMs Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. My wife will tell you. <laughs> wow. What, what about the book, AC? You it. mentioned the book. We dropped the name of it. How do we sign up for the waitlist for the book? How do we? Yeah, so it will be on Amazon. I don't have the direct link just yet. We're um, right now, cover's done. Um, interior design's being done right now. It should go to print uh, the beginning of February, and we should have them in our hands the 1st of March. Exactly. So this will be the first book that I'm the only person. Wow. I had the wow factor which I was a contributing author for The Wow Factor. This will be my first book that is 100% mine. And so it's The Five Keys to Pattern Success. And I'm just taking my, my system I have, Be Deliberate, okay? Execute, analyze, replicate, systemize. I go through it. We use the hand. You can write it wow. on your hand, but it's a great book for that. <laughs> I tell a lot of my personal stories. I talk about going broke. I talk about meeting my redhead. Lots of wonderful stuff like that. If you're if you're ladies, you will love this book because there's an incredible romantic story right in the beginning of how I met Ooh. my wife. And um, <laughs> it goes kind of under the big deliberate um, section of the book. And uh, yeah, so it comes out in March. All right. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. And we always end with a quote, AC. So I thought this was pretty perfect for what you said early on in our uh, time together today. And it's from Steve Jobs. And he said, you've got to start with the customer experience and work backward toward the technology, mm -hmm. not the other way around. So right. good, good intel from Steve Jobs. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. We had a lot of fun. I'm going to get downstairs and try to enjoy this sunny Portland. Not, it's raining. And everybody have a terrific day out there and keep fighting, everybody. It was great Go to see you. Go fight. Go fight. See you next okay, Tuesday, bye, 7 Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern.
Yahoo! Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.